Hi, I'm Justin Rosso, and welcome to this episode of the Next Step Podcast, where we help you take a next step. We're coming to the close of this fourth season of the podcast. We've been doing a Facebook Live reading of this book, Discipleship as the Adventure of Loving and Being Loved. And of course, the title is actually Delight. Uh, so we're glad to have you with us tonight. Hey, uh, as you know, there's been several updates, and uh, some of you have been wondering about Aunt Elva, and Elva is not doing great. She's in the hospital, and she's struggling a little bit, and uh, we're keeping her really in our prayers. So I appreciate all of your support out there in Facebook Live land. And Elva, if uh, in the hospital you're able to get a hold of this, know that we're thinking about you, and we're keeping you in our prayers, and you're on our hearts tonight. So Elva, we're pulling for you. Um, and Jenny, our thoughts are with you too, Elvis' younger sister. In this household now, you know, we've got one COVID case and uh, my wife and my son have uh, gotten tested today for COVID. My mom and dad, uh, who are not in this house, but they're getting tested tomorrow. And my mother-in-law is waiting for a result back from her COVID test. So, you know, it's it's been a little bit crazy, but that's that's the way it goes. And interesting that this all comes at the end of a book on delight. We said at the very beginning, uh, just because delight is one of the key marks of discipleship doesn't mean that this discipleship walk is always easy. But it is an adventure. So walking forward uh, in an adventure, Miriam is teaching this year and her school uh, this is her first year back teaching, and her school now has gone completely online for the next couple of weeks. So now she's figuring out how to do online instruction as well. So everything's a little bit crazy right now. And, you know, my daughter Naomi published a blog today, and uh, I got to get to be with you tonight. So there's all kinds of good things happening, too. We'll keep our eyes open to see what Jesus is up to. And for us, that also means we get to check out chapter 12. It's the last chapter. And this last chapter, chapter 12, is called Living with Delight. Living with Delight. It's a shorter chapter. Uh, if you look at the reading plan on page 263, you'll see day one is really a review day. You're supposed to go back and review section one, the architecture of delight. And then days four and five are actually review days two before you get to group discussion on day six. So there's really two full days of reading. We might even be able to finish up tonight and tomorrow and, and be done. We might take three days. We'll see how it goes. So this is chapter 12, Living with Delight. Section 1, Vulnerability and Delight. Phew, it feels like we've been through a lot together. We've searched the scriptures for evidence of a biblical word cloud of delight. We've made friends with some Greek and Hebrew words that kept popping in to see how we were getting along. We've dealt with some pretty deep theology and had a few laughs along the way. As a result of this book, I want you to see delight as an essential part of what it means to follow Jesus. I want you to notice the areas of your life, even your religious life, where you carry obligations or expectations that rob you of joy and lay those burdens down. I want you to experience following Jesus as an adventure where you never quite know what's going to happen next and you never know what new direction the plot is going to take. I want you to be free from the fear of failure and I want you to know mutual delight in your relationship with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Or perhaps better said, I want you to take a small step forward in all of those areas. 
little by little, the Spirit is shaping you as you grow more and more into a relationship of mutual delight with your God and Savior. That shaping will take time. In fact, that shaping will only come to complete fulfillment in the life of the world to come. So don't stress about how far you've got to go. You've got all the time in the world. Just as Jesus will bring that life on the last day, so Jesus already now brings you that same life. In your ordinary, everyday, complex, and confusing journey of faith, Jesus brings you the life of the world to come ahead of time. I want more of that delight. And I want more of that delight for you. My natural inclination is to want only delightful things in my life and to protect myself and the people I love from as many negative experiences as possible. But avoiding difficulty is not the key to delight. I've learned that walking with Jesus in a relationship of delight transforms the difficult and painful things in my life, but it certainly doesn't avoid difficulty or pain. (laughs) C.F. COVID. In fact, if I could make myself impervious to suffering or failure or doubt or shame, and honestly, part of me wants that protection for myself and for the people I love, if I could make myself immune to vulnerability, I would also be making myself immune to delight. In this present broken world, vulnerability is a prerequisite of delight. I don't mean you can't have any fun on your bike unless you play in the traffic. You shouldn't go looking for pain or challenge. You really shouldn't take unreasonable risks that have huge consequences. At the same time, to experience delight, you have to take some risks. You have to actually get on your bike. The joy of flying down that hill at top speed comes at the risk of skinning your knee. And yes, you should wear a helmet, but get on that bike and fly, baby, fly. I remember when our first child was a toddler, I was in full protection mode. I I wouldn't say I was a helicopter parent, but I did tend to hover around Naomi just in case. If she wanted to climb up a big rock or go up the ladder to a slide, I was there. At some point, she got big enough to do more adventurous things than I could keep up with. And as a young dad, I had to figure out the balance between her freedom and her safety. I finally came up with what I called the broken arm rule. If the worst that could happen was breaking an arm, the answer was yes, go play. If you could die from doing that, then no, off limits. Naomi never broke her arm but I experienced way more freedom in saying yes to more fun and adventurous things because I was willing to deal with a broken arm. No, you can't go play in the street, but get out of bed and go play on the swings and climb the monkey bars and ride your bike down that hill at top speed. Go have fun and wear your helmet. At least in this present broken world, vulnerability is a prerequisite of delight. I think that might be true of the new creation, too, only without the chance of pain or disappointment or failure. Can you imagine perfect vulnerability that only ever leads to perfect delight? Come, Lord Jesus. 
Brene Brown studies people for a living. As a world-renowned author and research professor, Brown has put in thousands and thousands of hours digging into the dynamics of human relationships and our experience with things like fear and shame. Our observation from her, one observation from her research shows up again and again in her books. Delight comes not in the absence of difficulty, but in, with, and under experiences we often see as uncomfortable or even painful. Brene writes, Vulnerability is the birthplace of love, belonging, and joy. That's from her book, Dare to Lead. If, you, if love, belonging, and joyful delight come from vulnerability, then I imagine vulnerability, made complete and full and perfect, will be part of the new creation, since the new creation is defined by love, belonging, and delight. Already now, on this side of eternity, you can't create an experience of true joy without the risk of personal exposure. A feeling of vulnerability is the threshold of the door that opens into the garden and playground of delight, and an experience of delight brings its own variety of dangers. Joy is the most vulnerable emotion we feel, Brene Brown writes. And that's saying something, given that I study fear and shame. When we feel joy... It is a place of incredible vulnerability. Its beauty and fragility and deep gratitude and impermanence all wrapped up in one experience. That doesn't seem fair. Vulnerability is the birthplace of joy, and joy is the most vulnerable emotion we feel. So if you do set your foot on a path of delight in following Jesus, you need to know that vulnerability will be your traveling companion. But it's going to be okay. First, because vulnerability isn't exactly what you think it is. And second, because Jesus walks with you, too. Jesus knows vulnerability. Jesus knows delight. Jesus knows how to navigate the path of the Father's delight in ways that bring joy. And he is more than happy to show you the way. Section 2. Leaning into Vulnerable Discipleship Vulnerability isn't being a wimp or bleeding all over the carpet all the time. In fact, choosing vulnerability takes both strength and courage. Vulnerability isn't living in constant pain but it is having the guts to open yourself up again even after you've been hurt. Vulnerability isn't something to be ashamed of. In fact, vulnerability is a requirement of actually dealing with shame. Vulnerability is the act of being open with someone else even when the situation makes you uncomfortable. I don't like to be uncomfortable, and I really hate it when someone else is uncomfortable. Vulnerability is being okay with being uncomfortable and leaning in to discover what's really going on instead of shutting down a moment of connection because your awkward alarm is going off. Uh, you know that alarm, right? Warning, warning, some emotions are likely to happen and they might get messy. Run, hide, duck and cover, danger, danger, feelings ahead. This study of delight has taught me more concretely that we are complex creations 
We were designed to experience joyful delight, thoughtful delight, playful delight, delicious delight, and desirable delight in our relationship with creation and with the Creator. In the same way, we can experience vulnerability in our emotions, our minds, our senses, and our will. Delight and vulnerability intertwine in wonderful and complex ways. Of all those experiences, our emotions appear to function as a kind of dashboard, a clear indicator light that something is going on under the hood. An intellectual experience of thoughtful delight will often come with a corresponding emotion. Even if you only jump up and spin around and shout, woohoo, quietly inside your head. In the same way, you will feel vulnerable in in the same way, if you feel vulnerable in your mind or your body or your will, you will likely experience corresponding emotions. Fight or flight would be typical responses. Because your emotions function as a kind of dashboard for delight, paying attention to them can help you see what the spirit is up to in your life. But when emotions seem too complex or get too unpredictable or hit too close to home, we get uncomfortable because strong personal emotions tend to make us feel, well, vulnerable. Brene Brown's research suggests that we try to numb emotions that cause discomfort or pain. The problem is, no matter what numbing method you use, and we invent more every day, you can't selectively numb your emotions. In order to never feel uncomfortable or vulnerable again, you have to give up ever feeling joy or love or belonging or delight. It doesn't have to be that way. But unless you pay attention to your emotions, you will likely end up there. So how do we avoid numbing our emotions? How do we stay open to vulnerability and therefore open to delight? How do we follow Jesus in our emotions just as we do in every other area of our lives? It's not easy, but Dr. Brown has at least the beginnings of an answer. Another quote from Dare to Lead. The cure for numbing is developing tools and practices that allow you to lean into discomfort and renew your spirit. Instead of asking, what's the quickest way to make these feelings go away? Ask, what are these feelings and where did they come from? What are these feelings and where did they come from? Pay attention to your emotions. They're a clue to what the spirit is shaping in your life. But don't do it alone. Lean into discomfort in the presence of Jesus. Renew your spirit in repentance and prayer and conversation with your Heavenly Father. Instead of asking, what's the quickest way to get rid of these uncomfortable feelings? Ask Jesus, Lord, what are these feelings and and where did they come from? What do they tell me about what you are doing in my life? Jesus, help. As you lean into what Jesus is doing in your life, and in your life of faith, stay curious. Notice what's going on and wonder what it means. If you're having a really difficult time getting motivated to delight in God's word, don't hide that feeling or the corresponding sense of failure. Take it to Jesus and wonder what that feeling might mean. 
If you're feeling really close to God and the Spirit seems clearly present and active in your life, don't run away from that feeling or numb the experience so you won't feel let down when it passes. First, say thank you. Then, wonder with Jesus what that feeling means, what that experience is shaping in your life, what gift or benefit Jesus intends for you or for those around you. Do you feel guilty? Take it to Jesus. Do you feel shame? Wonder with Jesus what that's all about. Do you feel a sense of pride or accomplishment? Ask Jesus what he wants to do with that. Do you feel weak or lonely or tired or excited or hopeful or invincible? Set aside the time and space to invite the Spirit of Jesus into your experience. Ask how being open and vulnerable to that emotion might lead you to more dependence on Jesus or into a deeper understanding of delight. Treat God's Word the same way. Read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest God's Word. God's Word brings joyful, thoughtful, playful, delicious, and desirable delight. Stay curious. Does a scripture passage make you confused or excited or angry or sad? Wonder with Jesus about it. Invite the Spirit to be present and to work in you. Ask your Father to give you what you need just as a loving parent provides for dearly loved children. And don't do it alone. Being vulnerable is no solo quest. Following Jesus is a team sport. On Easter evening, the Emmaus Road disciples were walking together. I'm going to start that paragraph again. On Easter evening, the Emmaus Road disciples were walking and talking together about everything that had happened on Palm Sunday and Maundy, Kara, Joy, Thursday, and Good, Karis, Grace, Friday. And even the crazy report from that very morning saying the tomb was empty. In their mutual confusion and mutual discussion and mutual struggle, Jesus shows up and walks with them. That's the way it works. We follow Jesus better when we follow him together. Discipleship loves company. Jesus shows up in the mutual conversation of confused and weary followers and walks with them on the road and opens the scriptures to them so that their minds understand and their hearts burn. And when these traveling companions finally do recognize Jesus, in the breaking of the bread, no less, their first instinct is to hightail it back to a locked and fear-filled upper room in Jerusalem to share with other followers and traveling companions what they had seen and heard. And get this, while they were still speaking, Jesus shows up and offers his peace, real peace, peace that comes from knowing a crucified and risen Savior. Jesus shows up when people walk together and talk together on the road. So don't do this alone. It's way more dangerous and scary and vulnerable to try and follow Jesus with another sinful human being. You will, without fail, suffer pain and confusion and loss because you choose discipleship in relationship. But that vulnerability 
is also the only way you will be open to true delight. You can't follow Jesus all by yourself. You can go on a spiritual retreat and find a time of solitude refreshing and invigorating and even formative and talking and taking what you experienced in solitude and sharing it with someone else is the awesome sauce that makes the journey worthwhile. Being open and vulnerable by definition means you will experience emotions that make you feel uncomfortable. Following Jesus with someone else by definition means watching them run into experiences where they feel uncomfortable. Your natural tendency is to avoid that uncomfortable feeling in yourself and in others at all costs. Don't do it. A safe life is a numb life. That's too high a price to pay. And it's not the way of the cross and the open tomb. Lean into moments of discomfort. Invoke the Spirit. Stay open and curious about what Jesus is up to in your life. Embrace vulnerability as a dangerous and powerful tool for experiencing God's delight. Then buckle up. People who live like that are in for the adventure of their lives. All right, two more sections to go, and we're done with the Delight book. Can you believe it? Hey, I hardly need to tell you by this point, you can pick up a copy of Delight for yourself. Hey, if you've enjoyed it, maybe you want to pick up a copy for somebody else. I hear they make really good Thanksgiving or Christmas presents. Just a thought. Uh, if you're not sure what you're doing for Advent yet, I'd highly recommend this Light in the Darkness hymn journal. Love for you to be a part of that on, on Facebook as well. And we also still have these You Follow Me daily discipleship travel logs available for Advent too. So the this is uh, more music driven. It's got music from Brooke Roscoe and Brendan Norp that goes along with uh, all 12 of the hymns and carols and even three new pieces. And uh, this book is got n no music in it, but some visual faith experience. And this is more of a daily devotion this is more of a every week you get several things around the same theme. So maybe you check out one of those two things for yourself or for somebody else this Advent and Christmas season. Hey, I don't mean that to make sound like a, a commercial. I'm just excited to share with you what we're up to and what resources we're creating to help you delight and take a next step following Jesus. We follow Jesus better when we follow him together. So please check out those resources, share it with a friend or a family member, uh, consider the possibility of becoming a next step patron and join our team that way as well. Okay, tomorrow night looks like it's gonna be our last night together and then we'll pick up with the this podcast will continue. It won't be a Facebook Live reading anymore, but the podcast will continue as we go into Ponder. Nope, not Ponder New. That was the last one. As we go into Light in the Darkness, uh, that podcast is going to start in just about a week. So great to see you again tonight. Enjoy your evening. And uh, if we get any COVID test results by tomorrow, I'll let you know. Thanks. Good night. We'll see you next time at Next Up Press.